Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about Catalonia's new government. Just over three months on from polling day, Catalonia's two main pro-independence parties have agreed on a coalition deal. It's the same two parties that made up the last government, but with roles reversed. This time Esquerra Republicana, the Catalan Republican left, will hold the presidency for the first time since the 1930s, by virtue of winning one more seat than Junts per Catalunya, Together for Catalonia, in February's snap election. So what will a new government look like? What are its priorities, the challenges? Will it last a full term? I'm joined by two people who have the answer to all of these questions and more. Here with me in studio is Gifre Jordan, Catalan News Deputy Editor. Good to see you again, Gifre. Yep. Hi, Lorcan. And joining us remotely, Marc Sanjomi-Calet, Professor of Political and Social Sciences at the Open University of Catalonia. You're very welcome, Marc. Great to have you on Filling the Sink. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, Gifre, maybe a question for you first. Uh, Catalonia has a new government, so we're not heading for more elections, which had been on the cards, perhaps. Do you think it was ever in doubt? Uh, yeah, to be honest, yeah, until one week ago or, so, or even less, uh, chances we were heading for a snap election were, were pretty high. And we were all very concerned about, about that, especially because the new election would fall in the middle of the summer. So we might uh, not have summer holidays as journalists if we had headed for an election. It's not the case in the end, but there's always drama in the in, in Catalan politics. We kind of expected like a last minute deal. They had three months to negotiate and they uh, reached an agreement in the final two weeks. But this is not the first time it happens. Mark, uh, three months of talks. Uh, do you think that was expected? Is that the norm? They actually apologize for the length of time it took to get a deal. Yeah, they apologized, and, and technically we still don't have uh, the full government. We have an agreement between the two main uh, independentist parties, and we are now waiting for uh, the final names that will form the government and the official nomination of these people as Catalan ministers. So we are technically still waiting. But uh, yeah, well, I think it was expected a certain friction or a certain tension when it came to the uh, government negotiation. Because as you said at the beginning, position changed and there is a reverse order now uh, within the independentist ranking of parties or whatever you want to say. During the last years uh, of uh, pro-independence process here in Catalonia, the dominant party was uh, Junts uh, per Catalunya or the political space that now represents uh, Junts per Catalunya. And uh, the leftist Republicans or the Esquerra Republicana was the second party. And they, they had been together in government uh, during the last uh, two terms. But now the position is reversed and Esquerra Republicana is the first party. So they had to change, they had to switch uh, powers, they had to agree on which ministry belongs to each party now and what, the, what are they going to do in the future. Hmm. And if uh, speaking of the ministries, then they've released, we don't know the ministers, but we do know which ministries are going to be controlled by each party. And it's uh, seven departments for each party, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because most of the ministries are swapped uh, compared to the past term. So most of the ministries 
managed by Junts in, in the past term are now managed by Esquerra, like uh, pre the presidency ministry, interior, uh, culture, business. These are now managed by Esquerra and Junts now manage, for instance, economy, health, foreign affairs, justice. All of this were managed by, by Esquerra uh, before before this election. And it's also worth noting that there are two new ministries, or at least two new names of, of ministries, uh, which are climate action and, and feminism. That's, that's, that's yeah. something new. They're, they're both going to be managed by Esquerra. Do you think, Mark, that that means that this might be a more progressive administration than the last one we saw? Yeah, we have seen we have seen a change in terms of electoral support to pro-independence parties in the sense that Esquerra Republicana came first uh, in the results and the Coup Party, which is the third uh, independentist party, uh, an extreme left co coalition of or, or organizations. So, so the, the Coup Party also won some seats. This has been considered a, a leftist turn or a, a, a more a leftist-oriented position within the electorate. And uh, Esquerra Republicana and, and, and the leader of the party, the, the person who will be the president, Pere Aragonés, they had in, in their top priorities a change in terms of public policy, meaning a more leftist-oriented public policy and an agenda uh, that goes with the uh, challenges of the 21st century, climate change, diversity, inequalities. And I think that these two new ministries basically represent this, this, this change in terms of priorities. And uh, regarding the, the division of ministries, Mark, is there anything that stands out to you as surprising? Or, I mean, we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but is there anything that kind of um, stands out to you? Well, there are a few things we should say on that. Um, as as Gifre said, there has been a logic within this uh, ministry's uh, um, partition uh, between between the members of the coalition because they basically swapped ministries. So, so that was the that was the the, the, the logic of the negotiation, uh, as far as I know. Esquerra is now, for example, getting one of the hot ministers, uh, so to speak, which is the the the, the security minister. This ministry is always it's always complicated to govern. One of the powers of the Catalan regional government it's uh, internal order and Catalonia and this is a difference when we compare Catalonia to other autonomous communities within Spain. Catalonia has its own its own police. So Esquerra will be in charge for the first time of uh, the Catalan police. And this is, this, is a, this is an incredible novelty. Another important aspect is economy and how these new funds coming from the EU, uh, the next generation funds, will be, will be managed from the Catalan regional government. This is probably the most important element in this, in this partition. And, and, and what we know is that Junes will have uh, economy, but there will be a sort of um, interministerial department that will manage these funds. This is, this is really important. This is very important. And then, and then the foreign ministry, uh, foreign affairs, which, is, which has also been object of many, many controversies and also some judicial issues coming from, from the Spanish authorities that did not allow certain activities and so on. Uh, the foreign minister belongs to Junes, and we should, not, we should not forget that international politics 
has played a very, very uh, important role for the former uh, independentist governments during this uh, pro-independence process that we have experienced here in Catalonia. And Junts is still supporting this idea that we should look and, and I think Esquerra is also within this strategy. Uh, we should look for international support for a uh, uh, hypothetical independent Catalonia. So this is part of the uh, this is part of the deal, and we will see who uh, who is appointed as uh, foreign affairs uh, minister. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about the kind of um, independent strategy between the parties a little bit uh, later on in the podcast. Um, Apart from the independence uh, question, Gifrey, what other priorities do you think the government is facing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things Mark was talking about, the interior ministry, some commentators said that that this was a win by by June's getting rid of this hot uh, hot uh, topic, let's say, because it, it is always in the spotlight. You know the role of the Catalan police and the, and their role in in some demonstrations and and evictions and and these sort of things. Apart from this, I think another priority for the government would be the COVID recovery. So not only the the European funds Mark was mentioning, but but also reconstructing the public health system. Well, the new Catalan president is going to be Pera Aragonés, actually the first Catalan president from Esquerra since the Second Spanish Republic, before the Spanish Civil War back in the 1930s. Our colleague Christina Tomás-White has been finding out a little bit about him. At 38, Esquerra Republicana Espera Aragonés is set to become Catalonia's youngest president in modern times. But who is this pro-independence politician and how did he get to where he is today? The grandson of a hotelier and longtime mayor of Pineda de Mar, a coastal town an hour north of Barcelona, Aragonés is not the charismatic leader one thinks of when pondering the question of what it means to be a prominent politician. He's more the meticulous managerial type, known, for example, for his thorough study of superfluous tax money spending detailed in Spain's official gazette, or for frequently measuring his words to avoid being the center of attention. This restraint applies to his private life too. The snippets he shares on social media of his home life with his wife, Janina, who actually used to be a member of the conservative Convergencia party, their child Claudia and Neula, a 14-year-old dog, are always, as is the case of most politicians, humanizing yet calculated. And although he's one of the few distinguished left-wing politicians who can always be seen wearing a suit and tie, he's long been an active Esquerra party member, having joined the youth group in 1998 at the age of 16 before becoming their spokesperson from 2004 to 2007. With a law degree from Catalonia's Open University and a master's in economic history from the University of Barcelona, where he has also begun his PhD, the politician has held various positions in politics since 2006, when he became an MP in the Catalan Parliament at the young age of 24. He has also studied economic development and public policy at Harvard University. Ten years later, Aragonés was appointed Catalonia's economy secretary, a post he held at the height of the 2017 independence push. And while many of his colleagues were charged and sentenced for organizing the referendum, Aragonés has steered clear of the same fate and has always denied having used public or international funds for this purpose. 
Magda Gregori, a journalist who describes him as the embodiment of pragmatic pro-independence politics in the only biography that has ever been written about him, openly questions whether Esquerra strategically protected him knowing that one day he would lead the party. With Esquerra's president, Uriel Junqueras, serving a 13-year sentence for sedition and misuse of public funds, and their second-in-command, Marta Rubira, in Switzerland to avoid trial, in 2018, Aragonés became the party's most senior member as vice president in the coalition government with Junts per Catalunya. When President Kim Torra was barred from public office in September 2020 for hanging yellow ribbons in solidarity with the jailed leaders from public buildings during an electoral campaign period, Aragonés became Catalonia's interim president, a position he has maintained since then. As a politician, Aragonés is a left-leaning Euro-enthusiast who is very much in favor of independence, but has always taken a less confrontational approach than Junts per Catalunya. It is no secret that this is one of the biggest hurdles the parties have had to overcome in order to reach a coalition agreement and avoid a snap election. There are different points of views, different strategic views to how we can reach independence. So we need some time to, to put these uh, two different views together. And although seeking independence will be one of the key issues for the Catalan government in the coming years, Aragonés is clear that the effects of the COVID-19 crisis will also have to be countered. This is an agreement, the agreement between Junts and Esquerra Republicana to continue working for the Catalan independence and for the reconstruction of uh, Catalonia after the COVID-19. is the confirmation of a government of uh, 14 ministries, seven for each party, seven for Esquerra Republicana, seven to be designated by Junts, and uh, to work together for the Catalan independence, for the social reconstruction, and to overcome the economic crisis. Our thanks to Christina Tomas-White. Now, the parties enabling the election of Pere Aragonés have one thing in common. They're in favour of Catalan independence. Mark, would you say there's now an agreed strategy among the parties? And if so, what is it? Well, yes, after the 2017 inflection point with this referendum that we had here in Catalonia, the 1st of October 2017, there have been two main strategies within the pro-independence parties. One strategy uh, proposed continuing the same way or unilateralism and unilateral secession. And the other, the other strategy was more moderate and looked for uh, negotiations and uh, an agreed referendum on independence. And this agreement, the agreement that we have seen this, this last week, I think that confirms the at least temporary victory of a more moderate strategy. In what sense? In the sense that both independentist parties agree that now the priority will be general agreement on self-determination here in Catalonia that should prioritize an agreed referendum with the Spanish authorities. Besides that, this agreement gives less weight, in my opinion, to the independence roadmap than previous pro-independence agreements. So since 2012, we have seen here in Catalonia various agreements and strategies and documents and roadmaps with many details and with very, very precise uh, stages and so on. And in this case, my impression is that the pro-independence parties are giving some time to themselves 
and they do not put more pressure on the situation. They basically try the, the, the other way around. They, they basically try to win some time to promote agreement within the uh, pro-independence field and at the same time to prioritize governing the Generalitat, governing the Catalan government, uh, public policies for the economic recovery and, and uh, due to this, to this extraordinary situation because of the pandemic. And, 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 and that's, that, that's the content of the agreement, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And because of these two different strategies, these two parties, Esquerra and Junts, have been, I think, in my opinion as well, this is the underlying problem between, between these two parties. Not only the fact that one is left-leaning and the other one is more center-right-leaning, but the, the different strategies after the 2017 referendum. And as Mark says, they have avoided a little bit to decide on which uh, the strategy is. I mean, they say they will launch talks with, with Spain, with the Spanish government, and they explicitly say that uh, an agreed referendum is the only possible replacement to the 2017 non-authorized referendum, let's say. But at the same time, they also talk about this need to prepare a democratic confrontation, and bad democratic, they say in Catalan, with Spain, which is like... Is it compatible uh, or, or not? Yeah, my, my, my impression, Gifre, is that this reference to a confrontation that was one of the main uh, points that Junes wanted to be in, into, the, into the agreement, um, this time refers to civil society and the main pro-independence organizations rather than, than the government itself. And in this case, what we see is that there is a more cautious approach and uh, there is no timing pressure. The time thing is important for one reason. The reason is that both strategies, the unilateral strategy and the moderate strategy, in the short term have very low expectations of, of getting, any, of getting any, any objective, right? The unilateral strategy had already uh, been uh, promoted in, in, in 2017, and we saw uh, the state reaction. Remember this anti-riot police, uh, Guardia Civil, and, and all these uh, policemen beating people when, when the Catalans voted in, in the 1st of October uh, 2017. And, and the moderate strategy, <laughs> it's also, it's also uh, fruitless at the moment, because they, they do not Uh, there is no agreement on that. And Madrid has explicitly said that they will never agree on a, yeah. an independent referendum because it's, exactly. it's not in, inside the constitution. Yeah, one, one of the members of the Spanish government coalition, Podemos, is in favor of Catalan self-determination and the Socialist Party is against. So both, both strategies have many problems. And of course, we haven't really mentioned the role that Coup are going to play, Gifre. Yeah, indeed. While it's true, as Mark says, that, that in the agreement there's no, there's no date, there's no deadline set, this is a minority government. Esquerra and Junts uh, together don't have enough seats to, to get a majority, so they need the other minor uh, pro-independence party, Coup, which is far left and anti-capitalist. And, and this party has a separate agreement with Esquerra saying that in 2023 they want to review whether these talks with Spain uh, 
are, are working out or bearing out. any fruit. And if not, they suggest that maybe the strategy needs to change. And is there going to be a vote of confidence at that stage as yes, well? Yes, that, that's what Esquerra and Coop have agreed, that in midterm, in two years' time, there will be a vote of confidence so that Coop has a chance to, to withdraw the support they're giving now to, to Aragonés. And if this happens, and if there's no agreement, we would head to uh, to a snap election in two years. So so in two years, there will be a tipping point uh, to this term to know whether this term will finish or whether we head to elections again. Hmm. Familiar story. And, and Mark, <laughs> what about the opposition parties? What kind of role do you see them playing in this? It's a very fragmented parliament and a minority government, as we've said. Do you think in terms of the government passing legislation, is the opposition parties going to play any role or will, will, will they just pass legislation with the support of coup? Yeah, well, I see, I see uh, the socialists and, and the communes, the Catalan branch of Podemos here in, in, in Catalonia, I see those parties more ready to reach some specific agreements on, on laws or budgets or, or, or votes in the parliament than the other uh, three parties in, uh, in the opposition, the PP, uh, Vox and Ciudadanos. Having said that, I think that uh, especially the Socialist Party, the Socialist Party won the elections. The yeah, they won the most votes. In, in relative time. I think that the Socialist Party is now facing a very tricky a very tricky situation because on the one hand they have to show to their electorate that they want to govern Catalonia and they want to get things with Catalonia and that they are not against everything or against any any vote or whatever. Uh, so they have to be moderate and, and I guess somehow support the, the Catalan government in some specific policies. But on the other hand, they have a lot of competition from the pro-Spanish uh, parties. Gifre, time to gaze into the crystal ball. How do you see the term panning out first? Do you think we'll, we'll see a full term? They've been hard to come by sometimes in Catalonia. Yeah, I just left the, the crystal ball at home. Sorry about that. But, but I think we, we don't really need a crystal ball to say that there will still be discrepancies, I think, within the, within the government. And, you know, in my honest opinion... I don't think the the term will reach its its end. So that's four years, uh, especially if there's no result in these talks with with Spain. And taking into account that in 2023 there was a Spanish election, maybe after that we have a right wing um, government between the People's Party and far right Vox, meaning that the full strategy of the current Catalan government will lose sense. You know, because the People's Party and Vox are absolutely against talking at all, let's say, with a Catalan pro independence parties, the, the, this agreement now reached will not work anymore. So maybe we'll head in the, to a new election. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What have you got for us this week, Gifrey? Okay, this one, a very common one. Bufai fe ampollas. Bufai fe ampollas. Bufai? Blow. Blow? <laughs> And make and bottles. Make bottles. Make blue and make bottles. What's, what, what does that mean? That something has been very easy. So, exactly the opposite to the government negotiations. This talks to form a new government. That definitely wasn't a case of Bufari Fiam Polias. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Bufari Fiam Polias. No, no. That's a good one. I like that one. And that's all we've got time for on this week's episode. Thanks very much for joining me today, Gifre. Yeah, thanks to you, Logan. And Mark, it's been great to have you on Filling the Sink for the first time as well. Thanks very much. Thank you. See you next time. 
that was Marc Sanjami Calvet from the Open University of Catalonia. Thanks as well to our colleague Christina Tomas White, and thanks, of course, to you for listening. Next week on Filling the Sink, we'll be talking about Montserrat. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, take care. Bye for now. Adieu.